0: Hey there, family members. You have McGann again, and I am the fangirl. Today's podcast is part three of my Coraline theory, and there are about 30 videos to this in total, but here's where we're gonna put a pin in it for just a little bit. I don't wanna get too lopsided in doing just Disney or just horror movies or just Coraline stuff, so I'm gonna try to balance it out, give everybody a nice broad spectrum of different theories and go from there. Oh, and you may notice in a lot of these early pop- I'm referring to myself as the Disney fangirl. That was the first name I used on YouTube, but after I got obsessed with Coraline and then started wanting to do some other movie theories, I dropped the Disney and just made it the fangirl because like one fangirl to rule them all and in the darkness bind them. I really love just about everything so it fits. And yeah, I'm a little bit crazy like that. But full disclosure, this video is part three. You should go back and listen to part one and two of my Coraline theories before you listen to this one, because they do stack and I don't want anybody to be confused. And if I refer to any images or short video clips, remember you can always go check those videos out in full at youtube.com slash thefangirlwatches. All right, let's hear part three. My fourth theory is that the Beldam replaced Coraline's mother very early on or possessed her or something of that nature. And if you watch the movie at the beginning, I mean, the Beldam could have gotten Mrs. Jones while Coraline played outside and discovered the well. Because right after she drops the pebble in the well, it starts raining and she goes home and mom's kind of already getting in a bad attitude and there's already the doll on the porch and it's really weird. So if the well is in fact a portal to the other world, and I think that that's a very good point that the theorizer discovered... Then dropping that pebble into the well could have fully alerted the dam that she was there and moved the whole, you know, the whole train of events into motion. Because in film, rain is a very specific, purifying kind of thing. So if it starts raining, it's not for no reason. And especially in something that's a hand animated film where rain is not easy to create. I went to grad school for animation. You don't put it in there with an animation unless you absolutely need it because it takes time, it takes effort, it's difficult to do. So to have this sort of cleansing moment with the rain, it it kind of signifies that it's washing away her old life and something new is starting. Then later in the movie, we find out that Mrs. Jones hides the key from Coraline, but why would she do that? She says it's because she found rodent poop, but if she really found rodent poop, why would she think... That the door, which behind it is nothing but a brick wall, was hiding any kind of mice or rats. It seems to me like mom had used the key herself, either right before or earlier in the movie, and what she saw down there scared the crap out of her. If you think about what I just said a minute ago, that maybe the Bell Dam took over the mother right at the beginning of the movie, while Coraline's outside. You know, Coraline went to the other world, and the first trip, she loved it and wanted to go back. And it was after the first trip that Coraline really felt uncomfortable in the other world because the other mother started, you know, doing the button eye plan. So what if Mama Jones there had been in several times already and by the time she hit the key, it was at the point where she was getting very disturbed and upset about the button eyes and not being able to fully get away from the bell dam and being worried about that. Now, did the other mother kill kids or just lock them away when she got mad at them and forget that they needed to eat or something like that? Because all of the ghost children are behind that mirror for some reason. And all they say about it is that she ate up our lives, almost like she wasted their time until they died sort of thing. It doesn't say anything that that she exploited them magically, that she, you know, turned them into soul sand or anything of that nature. It's really vague, and it doesn't mean that she killed them on purpose. Because if she did kill them on purpose, then why did the cat say she wants something to love, I think? And I will say that one of my favorite theories from the Theorizer's videos, that the black cat is actually YB's great-grandfather, who had been to the other world and then escaped and, you know, lived to tell about it, basically. And one of the connections where he made for this was that the cat is voiced by David Keith, who is an African-American, and then Grandma Lovett is also an African-American. So it's like, huh, yeah, like those, that seems like they could be connected. And a lot of people might look at that and say, well, that's just racist. Why would you think of that? Well, I actually looked up the population of Ashland, Oregon. It is 0.6, 0.6, not even 1% black there are in the 2000 census they had 118 black individuals living in ashland oregon so a connection is definitely possible and it also ties up a lot of loose ends as to why the cat's there why can the cat talk in the other world why does it even bother going over there why does he find the twin soul and give it to Coraline? i mean there's a lot of questions with the cat that that really answers and it really cleans it up nicely and i'm not even going to argue that at all because i think it's really a perfect thought But even if you look at how the other world portals are still active because the cat just walks right through on the Pink Palace sign at the end of the movie. I mean, I've seen that movie so many times and I never really thought anything about it except, ooh, the creepy, the end, or is it ending, woo! But my daughter watched that for the first time and she goes, and I was like, what? What's wrong? It's like, she didn't get out. She's still in the other world. And that's not an invalid thought. That's actually a really brilliant thought because... The other world is so expansive. You know, the cat said, oh, well, she's only making what she thinks you're going to see. She's only doing what's going to impress you. So that's why it turns white after you walk so far away. But what if she was in there and she never really got to go home? Because how does she even get home the first night? It just transitions back into the real world with no explanation. And it, it implies that it does that every night that she goes to bed and wakes up in her real world bed. But what if when she walked in there, she never came back out? What if she only thinks she's going into the real world because the Bell Dam has created sort of different levels of the other verse? And you have this white area that's blanking out because now she's had to create this whole world on top of her universe so that Coraline thinks that she has some control over what's going on. And another interesting part of that could be that Coraline got to pretty much leave the other world scot-free. Then she threw the key down the well which the theorizer put it very perfectly that is definitely a portal to the other world there's just no way around it that's definitely a portal she definitely threw the key back there it's got the fairy ring of mushrooms really if you think about it if everyone is dead and Coraline doesn't actually get out of the other world or she doesn't make it out alive then wouldn't making her think she got out be the perfect way to keep her there and under the control forever? If you think you got away, you're not going to question it anymore. Because it seems kind of sloppy to let Coraline go walking all around this world you created and then have this big white gap here where you've just walked around the whole world, basically. And, and if the world is that small, how could you not fill in those gaps? It just doesn't make sense unless you're using all your energy upward. Anything that happens after the first time Coraline enters the other world, we can't be sure is at all in the real world. Because even after Coraline is transported home the first night, which how does that even happen? She had to go through a portal in a door to get there, but falling asleep is an automatic portal back to her bed in the real world. Something seems fishy there. She's just going with it and not really questioning it too much at that point because, you know, like they say in Inception, when you're in a dream, you don't know you're dreaming. And when the other YB appears, the Beldam says that she fixed him, like she improved him. But based on what? She shouldn't know much about YB at all. And why is it that the other YB can talk to the cat if he's completely fake? Like, why would they have any need to communicate with each other, especially if the Beldam hates him? That makes no sense to me whatsoever. And similar to the other YB, why do we see Mr. Bobinski and Miss Spink and Forcible in the other world with button eyes if we know them to actually be existing in the quote real world. How does the bell dam know anything about them? Because we never see the Coraline doll get anywhere near them, and if Mrs. Lovett had kept her version of the doll wrapped up for decades, then they also would not know what these people look like. I have the idea that perhaps the bell dam can make carving copies of past visitors to the other world, and that she can only create Actual characters that have already visited the other world because otherwise why wouldn't she make Coraline's friends from the picture in Michigan? Why wouldn't she make them real and encourage Coraline to stay around that much more? And so why is it that after Coraline visits the other world and supposedly comes back to the real world? Why is it that the mice can talk to Bobinsky and they can understand each other there? But the cat can't talk in that world and why would the mice bother to even warn Coraline if they work for the bell dam Unless it's part of the Beldam's plan to make Coraline feel secure and that she's actually in the real world when maybe she's not. So actually, I haven't made this like a formal theory that I've numbered out or anything, but it's kind of the recurring sub-theory of all of my videos, is the possibility that Coraline never gets to go back to the real world, and once she enters the other world, she only thinks she's getting back in the real world, and everything we see is leading her to trick her to believe that she's in the real world when she is not. And so the only other possibility I can see fitting with the black cat is that if he's not reincarnated then he is part of the Dam's plan. You know, they always say that witches have their black cats. And I guess the word Beldam actually was synonymous with uh, being a witch back in the day. So it's possible. Because if we look at the cat's actions, he's either doing it for the good of his family, or he's helping Coraline because he wants her to feel safe in the fake world that she thinks is the real world. And that would actually explain why he helps her so that she'll trust him, so that when she thinks she's going back to the real world and she's really in the limbo pink palace, maybe that's why the cat isn't talking to her so that she'll believe she's in the real world and that's why the mice are communicating with Bobinski. Because without that connection, I can't for the life of me make sense why Bobinski can talk to the mice, but the cat can't talk when she returns to the real world. And if you notice throughout the movie, the cat is really close with Wybie, but then he sees Coraline and he gets really close to Coraline, and we kind of see it as this protective sort of nature, like he wants to help her and stop the Beldam from getting her. But what if he is just like selecting the child to usher into the Beldam? And why didn't the Beldam just kill the cat after Coraline threw him at her? I mean, she'll kill small children, supposedly, but she has suddenly qualms about killing the cat. Or is it that the cat works for her? And it would be especially interesting because then it it hurts all of the theories that involve the button eyes because the cat obviously doesn't have them. But what if the button eyes are just for the sake of appearances, really? So that at the end of the day, you think you go home to the real world, but you really, really don't. And that's why the portals are still active and that's why everything seems to wrap up so nicely in the end and and Coraline feels like she won even though there's all these plot holes that don't make any sense on their own. And it's all because everything that has happened has been to chase Coraline up into the real world so that the Beldam can feed off of her kind of smug, arrogant energy that she would have, feeling like, oh, I must be so great. I'm, I'm better than a magical creature because I got away from a magical creature, and that is actually fueling the pocket universe that is the other world. Similar to how I theorized that Miss Spink, Miss Forcible, and Mr. Bobinski's arrogance and their, their perception of themselves as being amazing is fueling the other world. Maybe it's the ego that keeps the place going, and everything else is just for show. If you watch the movie with that context, it really can make a lot of sense. So it's worth noting... So those are my current theories on Coraline. I know they don't all mesh up together very well and some of them contradict each other, but that's part of having a theory is that you can have multiple theories and everything be right and everything be wrong at the same time. So I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments. I hope you enjoyed today's uh, video and thank you so much to The Theorizer for bringing this up because I always just took the movie at kind of face value and scooped away all the plot holes as, well, that was difficult to animate or this or that. but. If you think about it, there's a number of things that could work that were never actually presented in the movie. And it feels like we got shorted a complete movie in a lot of ways so that people could come up with theories like this. Well, my dear family members, I hope you enjoyed part three. Like I said, I've got many more parts to this Coraline theory and sometimes I decide, well, this doesn't really work anymore, I'm gonna throw it out. And other times I find things that reaffirm what I've been talking about and make the theory stronger. If you've enjoyed this at all, please don't forget to subscribe so that you can see all these other theories that I'm working on. I've got tons I'm translating from vlog videos from YouTube because if you haven't heard my other podcasts, I don't really trust my future with YouTube because they're always cracking down on something that that doesn't make sense. I have a YouTube channel on theories and I have a YouTube channel on kid videos, basically toy skits, and both of those got attacked on YouTube within the last few months. It's really hurt my revenue there, so I'm trying to expand my market and get out in other ways, but if you do want to support me on YouTube, I would adore you for it. Again, I'm at youtube.com thefangirlwatches watches and I'm also on Instagram at say halo goodbye and that's pretty much all I have to say today, so thank you guys guys for listening once again. Megan loves you and you are all my family members. Until next time, goodbye.